What do you think of these? <laughs> I could have had pink ones this morning, but I opted for the khaki green. Now, hey, yeah, I know. You think they're going to fit? I don't know. Let's just see. Maybe I don't need those here. Think I might get into these? I don't know. Oh, there we are. Fits good. There. What do you think? Huh? Girls? Come on. What do you think of those? <laughs> I'm donning these this morning. You might think, those of you who are visiting, really, we're really not this crazy every week. But um, why the reason I'm donning these is because the Lord showed me welly boots. Now, you'll, you will excuse me if... I call them rubber boots because in Canada they're rubber boots. I'd never heard of a welly boot before I moved here. So if I slip up, you will forgive me, please. During a time of prayer about two months ago, I saw a, pers uh, a picture of a person wading through mud, deep, dense sticky, boggy mud. And it was hard work. I couldn't tell whether it was a man or a woman. All I knew was this person. And I felt compassion on this person as they were making their way through this muddy, boggy, endless mass of mud. In fact, as they walked, they had to grab this leg and grab this boot and pull and set it down and sink. And then they had to go in order to get that out. It wouldn't come. They had to grab this boot and lift and put it down. And again. And again, back-breaking work, as you can see. Slow, laborious, painful work. They had welly boots on just such as these. They didn't have pink ones, although I would have wore the pink ones. But they were up to the knee. They were just big welly boots. Each step was a struggle. And each step took incredible effort, endless toil. And I said to the Lord, what are you showing me? Is that me? Because I believe it was me. As you know, some of you know that I've been really struggling with health issues the last several months. And I believe it was me. And I felt the compassion of the Father for this person I saw in the vision. And yet I felt perhaps it wasn't just me. And that's why I'm sharing it with you today. After that, about a day or so later, the Lord reminded me of something that happened to me as a child. And I'd like to share that little story with you. I was about 10. 
And when I was growing up, my father had a hobby of raising miniature pincer dogs. Now, how many of you know what a Doberman pincer is? Yes. Well, these are miniatures. They're just the same. They look exactly the same, only they only stand 12 inches tall, about that long. And we would raise them. We bred them, raised them, and we showed them. And my mom was involved in that. My dad grew up as an eight-year-old boy uh, getting polio. And so he has walked his entire life with leg braces, okay? So they told him that he would be in a wheelchair by the time he was 40, but um, he was 80 before he ended up full-time in a wheelchair. So God is good. But his, his hobby, and he loved to do, was raise these, these dogs. And we had upwards to 25 or more at, at some stages, 25 dogs at a time, which at one point were in our basement, which meant that uh, there was a lot of noise. And um, when we moved into the house, this is probably, don't need this trivia, but I can tell you anyway. We moved into this house. It was an old hospital converted into a home. There, had, there was a dirt basement. Okay, so all the dogs went in the dirt basement. We didn't realize that the cat, there was a cat left um, with the house that we hadn't realized. The cat was this big around. I'm not kidding. It was 25 pounds. So once the dogs went down the cat, we didn't know it was there until then. So mom and I had to chase the cat, find the cat, and give it a respectable home. But anyway, the dogs were downstairs in this home. So mom said, you know what, Ray, I've just about had enough of these dogs downstairs. So what he did was he, he bought an old, empty service station building. Do you know what I mean by that? Yes. Petrol station, okay? He bought that. It's like a, it's like a spar, only it was empty, okay? So what he did was he had it moved on to our backyard, and we renovated that into a kennel. But first of all, the foundations had to be laid, and services had to be brought in for the building. So there was a digger in there, and they dug everything up really well. Loads of dirt came out. They laid the foundation in, they put the building on there, they covered it all back up around the building. Great. This was in late fall, and so we had the winter. Services were great, dogs went in there, we had runs, you know, lots of runs that they would be in and fed and watered every day, and it was great Had them out of the house. Well, one spring day, I, had, uh, I was outside, my mom and dad were in the kennel, feeding, looking after the dogs. They were, they were excited. And what do dogs do when they're excited? They bark. So it was fairly loud. We were on the outskirts of town, thankfully, and so there was no, nobody complaining. But I was outside playing in my brand new welly boots. And uh, so around, I was having fun. You know, kind of, it's still kind of icy, but the ground was soft because it, had, it was in the thaw. And didn't I stumble into the place where they dug up the building? Kind of forgot about it because all winter I could walk on that. Now I couldn't. So I found myself trudging in and close to the building, parents were, and realizing, oh boy, oh boy. I'm going deeper and deeper 
and deeper into mud. I was 10. I realized that it was almost the top of my boots. And I did not want that mud to come in down into my feet. So what, I, what did I do? I stopped and I started to yell my head off. Mom! And call for dad because I knew that he couldn't come and get me. If he came in to get me, mom would be dragging two of us out. So I started to yell. Well, they didn't hear me. They were in the building, but they didn't hear me. And all I could envision was I was there and I was, I was right to the top of my boots. I couldn't move now. I couldn't go anywhere with it. And all I could envision was, I'm going to sink and I'm going to die right now. I'd seen too many Western movies where, <laughs> where they had gotten into quicksand and they were up there and their hand was going down. You know the ones, right? You know the ones. Well, that was my, I just knew it. I knew I was going to die. So you know the intensity of which I yelled, didn't, don't you? I yelled for help. I called out for a rescuer. And it seemed like forever, forever, I had to yell and call and wait while the, the mud kept inching closer and closer and closer to the top of my boots. Finally, after waiting patiently, seemed like an eternity, suddenly, my mother opened the door of the kennel, looked around, assessed my problem, flew over like lightning. I don't know how, still to this day, I don't know how she did it. She flew over like lightning, grabbed me under the arms, ripped me up, bent over and grabbed me, hold me, and set my feet on the solid cement pad steps of the kennel. I was saved. I was rescued. I was delivered. Just like that. My mother was my savior that day. Thank God for mothers. The only thing left in the mud was me rubber boots. And I spoke with my mother recently about this story, and she had forgotten all about it, but she was laughing, saying, yes, I remember. And I said, I remember my rubber boots being, or my welly boots being left in the mud, just, you know, just the holes sticking out there. They were in there, because they were budging nowhere. I said, whatever happened to those rubber boots? Are they still there? She says, no, I was too frugal. I went and dug them out and cleaned them up. <laughs> well, all that to say this. Psalm 40, verses 1 to 3. I waited patiently for the Lord, and he inclined to me and heard my cry. He also brought me up and out of a horrible pit. out of the miry clay and set my feet upon a rock and established my steps. 
He has put a new song in my mouth. Praise to our God. Many will see it and fear and will trust in the Lord. How many of you can identify with that little story that I just told? Have you found yourself in a situation where you intended not to be besides me? Have you been in a place where it seemed like endless mass of mud you're in? And it's been a complete and absolute struggle. Or a horrible pit that threatens to swallow you up. Perhaps it feels like a hard place, a tight place, a tormenting place, a place of panic, fear, or despair. We are tempted to despair because in ourselves we can see no way out, no answer. We, we, I, strive against it. We can deny it. No, I'm not in this situation. I'm going to strive against this thing. I'm going to free myself in my own strength. Have you ever seen someone down a pit being able to save themselves? You can try, and you've seen moves of that too, where they run up against the edge of the, of the well or whatever they've fallen down, and they try to climb up just to fall down. Finally, that day, there's no Well,
lot of skill. I've done a lot Hearing Jesus and the disciples in the crowd going on by, he starts to yell, Son of David, have mercy on me. Nothing. Son of David, have mercy on me. Nothing. Son of David, louder and louder and louder. Finally, the disciples said, Shush, don't bother the master. Just shush up. All the more, all the louder. Son of David, don't give up on your God. Don't give up. If you don't get an answer right away, call again. And again, and again, and again, and again, and again, until he answers, because he wants to answer you. He's on your side. But he's waiting for us. How bad do you want to hear from me? Call on him. Get his attention. Just as blind Barnabas did. I waited patiently. Then what happened? to me. Like your God, a, a creator, came, the one who created the universe, bending his ear to listen carefully to you. No one that calls for help goes unnoticed or unheard. And he heard my cry. Our cries catch God's attention. They do. It may not feel like it, but you keep crying out, and, and you can be sure that God hears your cries. He's, he, he not only hears, he listens, and he moves with compassion. And he moves and he acts up half. unto you, brings his ear to hear you, and then with in compassion he on your behalf. Psalm 56, 8 and 9. brought me up, brought me out. Nobody else can do that for you. You can't do it for yourself. You cannot bring yourself up out of a horrible pit. There's some things you can do prerequisite to that. You cannot save yourself. We need a rescuer, do we not? Just like I need a rescuer out of that mud. We need a rescuer. Do you know one more compassionate? And 
one more able than you So take heart. Take heart. By continuing to love him and walk in integrity. By sticking with it and not giving up. By standing and believing despite all odds. By remaining faithful. Suddenly, God rescue you and save you. He will, he will, he will bring you up and out of that horrible, out of the mire. experience that changes us. See, there's a purpose in that. You know, I wish it didn't, wouldn't work that way, but it is. There's a purpose in the mud. And that purpose is to change us from the inside out. To make us more like Christ. See, it's the Holy Spirit's job to bring us blameless before the Father. And he's serious about that job. And if we happen to need a bit of a mud experience, we will get it. But you can rejoice in that, knowing that that's not the end. But that his intention is to bring you up and out of that thing. Amen? To bring you up and out of it, just like in the, I'm, I'm still in the middle of my mud. I've arrived. I have not. Like I told you, I'm speaking to myself today. I'm still in process. And God is changing me. Don't know what exactly what he's doing, but I don't need to know. But I know that he's promised that he will change me. And he will make me more like himself. And that's the goal. That's the goal. So you can take heart and know that the changes that are wrought within our lives, you will take beyond the grave with you. For there is eternal reward. There is eternal reward when you stand before God. And that treasure has been done in your life. You will take that with you. The work of the Holy Spirit that you allow him to do in your hearts and lives, in your mind experience, you will take with you. And not only will you be rewarded in this life, and I'll tell you why later, you will be rewarded beyond the grave. Because there is rewards. There's levels of reward. James 1.12, blessed is the man who endures trial, endures, for he, for when he has been approved, or when he has stood the test, he will receive the crown of life which the Lord has promised to those who love him. 
1 Peter 5.10. But may the God of all grace, who called us to his eternal glory by Jesus Christ, after you have suffered a while, I don't like that part, but after you have suffered a while, will perfect, establish, strengthen, and settle you. You know, we, we tend to look on the, the present, on the temporal, and yet we need to lift our eyes a little higher and try to see the eternal things. Philippians 1.6 Being confident that he who has begun a good work in you will complete it. Amen. You've got a Father who's committed to you. You've got a, a Holy Spirit to help you. You've got Jesus Christ who gave his life for you to provide, to provide a way. And he's going to get the job done. Now the second half verse 2 is that he will set my feet upon a rock and establish my steps. So take heart. He will set your feet on a rock, a stable and secure place, and he will establish your steps. Just like my mother grabbed me out of the mud and grabbed me and set me upon the solid foundation, the solid cement steps of that kennel that day. The Lord, your God, will do that for you. Psalm 37 tells us that the steps of a good man are ordered by the light this way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down. Thank you, Lord. Though I fall, I will not be utterly cast down. For the Lord upholds him with his hand. I can just see a big hand coming down the pit to grab me. Verse 3. He has put a new song in my mouth. You know what? I'm just starting to... You go through... When you're dealing with God, there's certain... And I'm just now starting to feel my song coming back. And we'll come to the I'm just being totally honest. My song's coming back. And he will give new revelation, and he has. He will bring a new depth in him. He will bring a closer, deeper relationship with himself. There's all kinds of things that he does and will do. But he puts that new song, that fresh song, that, that song of joy that will infuse your life with strength back. Even if you lose your song for a while. Okay. God knows. He cares. He's not going to beat you down. He's there to lift you up. Even if you've lost your song. Because it's tough going sometimes. 
It's tough going sometimes, and the Lord knows that. Let's go to the last part of verse 3. Many will see it and fear and will trust the Lord. You know what? The great part about it is not only is he going to deliver you, but do you know what? Many, many others. We are promised that many, many others are going to see your walk. They're going to see we're in a tough time. They're going to see that God has set you free. He's going to see that you've got a brand new song in your heart. And they're going to see that, and they're going to want what you've got. The Lord has promised that many will see it. What are they going to see? They're going to see you are a living testimony. You are a living epistle right here. You are an epistle that maybe, maybe the only Bible or the only word that people may read. Your life, your testimony, even your struggle. And it's okay to be honest. Through you. And through what God is going to do in your life and has done. So not only are we mature, but you know, when we find ourselves in, in um, I'm actually kind of enjoying these boots, they're nice. <laughs> um, when we find ourselves in the middle of a, pro a problem or an issue or, who, you know, I'll just call it the mud and the muck and the pit, we have two choices. Now, this, this first choice isn't the best way to react. In fact, it's not a good way to react, but it is a choice that you can take. Number one, there's two. Two ways you can go with this. You can get, become bitter and hard in the mud. You can become really self-reliant and stubborn and I'm going to get out of this myself, my way. Isn't there the old song, I'll do it my way? Well, <laughs> we can refuse God's help. We can continue to carry the loads of disappointment, discouragement, depression, whatever you're carrying, and we can choose to remain in a perpetual state of despondency. That's a choice. We can be tempted just to stay stuck, which only deadens our spirit even more. What a sad outcome that choice would be. Giving up and staying stuck does not bring victory, nor does it accomplish anything eternal in your life. So we don't want to go there, because without sweet submission to God, we will... Number one, delay or forfeit God's plan and will in our lives. Number two, we could be stuck in the mire of trial 
indefinitely. Stay there. Day after year after year, no change. Getting more better, getting more hard, getting more self-reliant, getting more nasty. You know what? The thing is, watch out, Eugene. The thing is, you know, we take all that, we take that pit wherever we go with us. So then I get nasty Rodney. Nasty Andy and Alan. Second choice, and I would recommend this one that we become broken and contrite before the Lord. We become moldable and pliable in the hand of God. We surrender sweetly and allow him to rid us of all the weights we carry because that's what he wants to do. He wants to take the load off you, off your back. He wants to take the loads off you. He wants to reach down and pull you up out of that horrible pit. That's the heart of God for you. What choice shall we make? Hebrews 12, 2 say, says, Let us lay aside every weight and sin which so easily entangles us, and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us. So in summary, these are the things that I'm going to do. I will. I will. Maybe you'll do it with me. I will wait patiently for the Lord. I will wait patiently for you, Lord. I'm still waiting. I'm still believing. I'm still praying. I'm still being faithful. But I'm going to continue to wait. I will acknowledge my need for God's help. And I will cease from my own labors in trusting myself. I will. Because you know what? Without him, I can do nothing anyway. So why, why go there? But it's our human nature to do that. I will cry out, and I will lift up my eyes to the one who is my help. Read Psalm 121. I will lift up my eyes to the hills. Where's my help come from? My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth things that I'm going to do. I will. Now, exciting part about it is that if I will do some things, then God will do his part. And these are the things that God's going to do. God will bring us up and out of the pit. Out of the miry clay. God will set my feet upon a rock. And God will put a new song, a new revelation, a new song of praise in my mouth and in my heart. He will give us a, a fresh 
confusion of joy, which is strength. And God will use my testimony and yours to reach scores of other people and give them the same hope and the same comfort that you've been comforted with yourself. That's what God will do. Remember, God is our strength and our deliverer, and he is well able. How many of you can say, yes, he is well able? He is well able. One last scripture, and then I'm pretty much done this morning. Paul says in 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 9 and 10, he says, yes, 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 we had the sentence of death in ourselves that we should not trust in ourselves, but in God who raised the dead. And this caught my attention. Who delivered us from so great a death? Who does deliver us? And who will deliver us again? Past, present, future. So you don't think in your mind, well, God's delivered me before. And I could say that. God has delivered me before. Surely I've worn out his, not ability, but his desire to do it again. No, 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 no. He desires to deliver you. Today, yesterday, he's done it, and he'll do it tomorrow as well. That caught my attention. In fact, I've got a little journal that I'm writing out as artistically as I possibly can because I'm really not very artistic. But I am writing the scriptures out and going over them every day. And that's one of the ones that I have written down in big letters. So, you know what? I think that I'm going to do a big exchange here. I'm going to do a big exchange. I'm going to get rid of my sorrow for joy. I'm going to get rid of my fear for faith. I'm going to give God, I'm going to exchange my depression for determination. I'm going to exchange my despondency for delight. And I'm going to change my trial for triumph with God. And you know what else I'm going to exchange? I'm going to exchange me boots from boots made with mud It's made for mountains. These should fit, let's see. <laughs> I think they've been cleaned up for this. <laughs> Borrowed from a very um, person, so you just never mind. So what do you think of these for a fashion statement, girls? Huh? You know what? They're going to work on the trail, aren't they? Because God has big things in store for you. And you're not going to need those boots, you're going to need these ones. Because you're going to take your higher heights. You've got things to accomplish in God. And you need the footwear, you need the boots to go with it. You need hiking boots.
you need boots made for mountains because God is taking you and many places. Been before. Get rid of the wellies and get yourself some hikers. This is called the Welly Boot Exchange. Amen. That's all I have to share this morning. I hope you've been blessed.